breathe in my mouth the whole time. <laughs> Dude, it took us forever just to get that room tone part done. So we're going to like just start in here and kind of go from there because it's still recording. So Okay. Here we are. Finally. This is it. For hey. <clears throat> yeah, for everybody listening, we actually uh, managed to pay for uh, all of our equipment with Ethereum. And that's kind of how this all started. It was a, a very interesting process, an interesting journey. Why don't you, uh, let's hear about that process a little bit. Which process is that? The transferring the Ethereum. No, I, I, you know, for, uh, for reasons of, uh, you know, the IRS, I really wouldn't, don't really want to discuss that. (laughs) I don't want to discuss that at all. Fair enough. So, um, anyway, I am Nick Sowers and this is my buddy, Nate Hyatt. And we, uh, are the hosts of the Higher Point, Higher Points podcast. Here we are. So, uh, how about you just, uh, start in, you know, when did it all start? 1990... 1996. Okay, cool. Yep. So, I guess a little bit about me. Grew up in Nickerson, Kansas, on a farm. We uh, just raised conventional crops, milo, wheat, soybeans, and uh, then uh, grew up a little bit. Went to Sterling College. You grew up? Well, when did that happen? I mean, somewhat. Um, went to Sterling College, got a business degree, and decided I wanted to uh, wanted to grow hemp. Um, started. Yeah, you, you left out left out all the cool stuff about football and everything. Uh, Isn't that like a pretty stuff. big part of your identity? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I played uh, played high school football and then went on and played football at Sterling College. You know, met some great lifelong friends there, and I mean, I use uh, a lot of the um, I use a lot of everything from Sterling College football in my daily life. You know, like. Just try to got to compete regardless every day. I did notice when we were lifting stones today, like I did what I do, like one or two. And you were like, no, I'm going to do four. (laughs) I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like I'll just, (laughs) you just do you. I'll let you do you. Well, yeah, played football, Sterling College, you know, had a pretty successful football career there. We uh, didn't lose a whole lot of games. We uh, made playoffs three out of the four years. Won KCAC championship my senior year. And then uh, after senior year, started uh, looking into hemp. It was legalized in Kansas. Started growing it, and uh, had some uh, learning learning curves there for hemp um, growing pains, you could say. Um, we uh, had good partnerships, bad partnerships, all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and uh, here we are, three years later. We got a CBD store now. Um, we're starting our uh, Higher Points podcast. You know, trying to um, get the word out, talk about my entrepreneurship experiences. Um, we want to bring people on that have other entrepreneurship experience and just life lessons, that kind of thing, just to try and uh, help people. You know, just get the word out and just let people know that you're not alone and that everybody goes through. I mean, they're different struggles, but in the end, it's all the same. So, so what about uh, how did you guys come across, or how did you guys come on, uh, like High Point Farms? Like, what, where did that come from? So, I mean, it just kind of worked out really well, honestly. Um, originally, we were going to be five buds because we had five partners, and uh, I mean, it just doesn't sound near as good. But then after that ended, we uh, moved on to uh, High Point Farms, and uh, it actually just worked out good because the farm is actually located on. High Point Road in Reno County. So, yeah. So, um, it's actually kind of an interesting play on words. You'd think that it was like something that you wanted, uh, you know, like you're talking about quote unquote getting high because it's everybody's misconception of 
of hemp and CBD and all that kind of stuff. But it actually just worked out because that's where the farm itself that you grow the hemp's located. And we did have a little bit of a worry of people seeing like High Point and relating that to CBD and having an issue there. But I think that we're able to educate enough and make it to where uh, people don't see that as much anymore. So Is that something you're like hoping to get done on the podcast as far as like just talking about CBD and like what it is and how it's definitely very different from Delta 9 THC? Yeah. Yep, that is for sure something, you know, just and educating on even Delta 9 and Delta 8. I mean, any cannabinoid we come across, we want to educate on and because there's a lot more than just CBD and Delta 9 out there. So, so um, and you guys are like looking like expanding, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually. Yeah. Because, I mean, you guys are growing like really well right now, right? Yeah, it's um, it's been good. You know, I'm not we've been self-sustained here for the past well, six months now. We haven't had to put any more money into the company and it's been been growing and i really feel like we're on the edge of really taking off you know we're looking at opening stores in different locations and uh really looking into uh growing and uh helping more people along the way so cool well i uh am nick sowers and i was born 10 years before he was uh in 1986 and i was born in lyons raised in lyons went to school there uh, graduated from Lions High School, kind of got into the law enforcement. I had like zero interest to want to be in law enforcement whatsoever. Um, got a summer job, had a jail, and just realized that, uh, wow, this is kind of fun. Um, worked a couple of different departments, ended up getting hired onto the street at Sterling Police Department, where I've now been for coming up on 11 years. And, uh, you know, during that time, I got a degree in, uh, bachelor's in business administration, business management, just in case I, you know, ever couldn't do law enforcement anymore and have something to kind of fall back on. Plus I just figured that, you know, if you have like a performing arts degree, kind of limited to, you know, some performing arts things that may not always be there. And I didn't think business was really going anywhere anytime soon. At least I hope it's not. It's pretty broad. You can use it in a lot of different areas. Yeah. And so, uh, I, during that time, I've become a drug recognition expert, which is kind of some interesting conversations that you and I had because Nate and I met um, during Strongman in the gym. And so just discussing, uh, you know, how these different uh, chemicals react with the body. Um, it's kind of interesting. And uh, I just I think CBD is, you know, fascinating because it's one of the things that's, I guess, studied the most at the present moment as far as um, cause it was, you know, it was like legalized or decriminalized with the farm bill, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of where it went. And so I just want to make sure I wasn't quoting it wrong. Yeah. 2014, I think is when like it really started to catch yeah. on with the 2014 farm bill. And so, um, you know, it's, it's something that's been studied more and it's kind of fascinating to me. And, you know, I'm a firearms instructor as well as a precision rifle guy. And so, uh, just through talking with Nate, it was like one day it was just in the gym. He's like, Oh, I've been wanting to start this podcast. I'm like, Oh man, me too. And, uh, you know, here we are. I mean, we only had that discussion, like what, maybe less than a month ago yeah. a month or a month ago. Maybe? I was going to say like three weeks. Um, and it was like, oh, okay, cool. So then we just ordered all this equipment and spent the last, I don't know what, what time did we get here? Like, mm, like six thirty, seven. Yes. Well, yeah, I think it was actually like seven thirty, seven, seven thirty. just trying to like figure out issues and finally get things to, to work. And here we are. <laughs> Might be a little echoey, but it's it is what it is. Yeah, right? we haven't we haven't put up the foam tiles in here yet because we both have to work in the morning. So we were like, okay, that can wait. Plus, you wanted to do some painting in here too. Do some painting, get the logo up, make it look real professional. Yeah, that way you can all see it, you know, from the audio 
Yeah. You, can, you can see how good the room looks with the audio. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, uh, Nate and I have also some very similar philosophies. Like one of the things that we were discussing on the way over here, and he was like, dude, stop. You know, the, the we haven't hit the record button yet was, um, you know, our, our philosophies on life and just uh, just mindsets and how, you know, we live in just relative comfort in the present day and age. And, you know, kind of like what happens when all of that goes away. And, you know, we, we just feel like uh, challenging each other, or challenging, being challenged mentally is also a good thing, but also looking for new challenges ourselves versus, you know, being told what to do, I guess. Yep. I mean, that's part of why I do what I do, you know, trying to uh, be my own employer and not have to worry about like um, marking the time clock every day, that kind of thing. And I don't know, just make, I feel like I can make more of a difference in people's lives being self-employed than I can work for someone else. Yeah. I, uh, I, on the other hand, am totally cool with punching that time clock. As a matter of fact, is the much more overtime I can get, the better. Yeah. And I'm at like 35 and a half hours so far <laughs> this week. <laughs> but you, uh, like, so like right now, uh, you're doing like construction, right? Yeah. So like, how did you come onto the journey of the construction? Um, so, I mean, I've got a little bit of background, like from the farm, doing some pole barns, that kind of stuff, just remodels growing up with my parents and I don't know, just jobs here and there helping out and building decks, that kind of thing. And then I actually, you guys, you guys built the deck at your parents' house, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could like show you a picture of how like cool it is. It's got like a pond back there and yep, we dug all the ponds and all the landscaping, all that stuff. So it was fun. Um, but then. My boss now currently is Josh Hood, which um, a lot of a lot of our listeners probably going to know. Um, we went to Sterling College together. He was two years older than me, and um, I actually—I imagine he's probably still two years older than you. Yeah, he's two years older than me. Um, <laughs> um, had him out to uh, give me a quote on my house, and I know we got talking. I told him about my plans. He ended up offering me a job right away, so I ended up moving on from uh, driving a truck and sprayer and uh, got into the construction scene. So. Yeah, you. I remember when you first started coming to the gym. Like you look like me. <laughs> I was thick. Yeah, yeah, and you you definitely don't look at that now. So, like, what was what was that journey like? Like how? Oh, it was it was a roller coaster. <laughs> you know, I was uh, coming out of college. I mean, I was I was two seventy five my senior year, playing left tackle. So, I mean, it was probably a pretty good weight. And I wasn't in great shape my senior year, but I was. Oh, a year and a half ago, I was probably in the worst shape of my life, 275 fat, drinking every night. And um, Now I'm down to two, well, 220. I'm kind of 225-ish right now. just depends on my diet for the day and the week. And Keeping in mind, he lifted a 315-pound Atlas stone today, which is impressive because even <laughs> I can't do that. And I weigh, I'm 6'4 and weigh 365. So that's uh, pretty impressive, I have to admit. But of course, you know, you've been like throwing guys around in the football field for how long now? Uh, I mean, I played football for like 13 years. Something did, like that. did you play other sports in school? Mm-hmm. I played basketball, did track a year. I played baseball and growing up and weightlifting the whole time. So Was that just basically just kind of keep you in shape for football or like was football kind of like always your goal? Um, football and basketball, like in high school, were about equal for me. Like I liked them both the same, but. I tend I excelled a little more in football than I did basketball. Yeah, cool. I spent a lot of time in my parents' basement playing video games. <laughs> I played some video games. Too, but hey, so. man, that's that's why I was able to uh, get this all set up for you tonight. Yeah, and, I didn't you know, do any of the technological stuff. That was all Nick. So yeah, I wish you could see the mess that we have right now. Like my inner like OCD brain with all these wires is just like 
His eye's been twitching the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll, but we'll take care of that. We just wanted to get this done tonight because we've had setbacks. Like, you know, you supposedly tried to get the Rona when you were over at Vinny's house. And uh, so we uh, we were we got set back because we were supposed to do this on, what, Wednesday morning? Wednesday morning, yeah, yeah when I got back from Florida. but And it didn't quite work out. So then, I, then they wanted me to come into work tonight. And I was like, no, no, sorry. I got some stuff I'm doing. So here we are. Just roll with the punches. <laughs> so, um, what uh, what are some other like basic like life's philosophies? Like, what are some things that uh, you know you're interested in, or you think about about the world in and of itself? Um, well, you know, I just like I don't know. I've been through a lot in my young life. I'm gonna be 26 here in January, and I just uh, I don't know. I really do believe like in working hard and getting up every day, getting the job done. Um, and I, I, I think hard work will take you further than anything in life, honestly. Is that something that was like, uh, like, like you always had? Like, is that a drive that you've always had? Or is that something that was like trained into you by your parents or pushed upon you or anything like that? Um, I think it took a while for me to really figure it out. Um, I would say probably like middle of high school, I really started to figure out the hard work can, uh, can get you anywhere. And then recently I've even figured out more that it's, I mean, you bust your ass and you'll get somewhere. So, yep. And I learned that from, I mean, my grandpa, he's a farmer. I mean, he, he ran, um, the Eaton facility here in, uh, Hutch in the, I want to say late eighties, early nineties had like 2000 people under him. He was a, uh, smart man and engineer and he, uh, now he just farms and, I was uh, working living for him that, in high school. Living that high life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He retired and got in a tractor, and that's he's 80 years old and still works full-time. And oh, When he was 70, we were, I was uh, working for him in high school, and he'd still work circles around me. So, I mean, he's a, just a hard worker, and my dad's the same way, just working hard all the time. So so I, I don't want to get too much too deep in the weeds because I know we're going to have your mom and dad in here at some point. But like, what were, what were some of the like differences and challenges, I guess, that you had moving from conventional farming to, you know, basically all natural, like hemp farming, like how big of a learning curve was that? Well, I mean, growing up, it was like work it, spray it, kill it kind of thing, you know, work the ground and then plant it and spray your uh, chemicals to suppress the weeds, that kind of thing. And we can't do any of that. We don't work the ground at all. Don't use any, any uh, fungicides, herbicides, insecticides. Um, we uh, like our natural way of taking care of pests. You know, we plant border crops and we uh, use organic sprays, oils, that kind of thing. Um, all sorts of. Uh, oh, we're trying to get like predatory insects to come in and. Uh, take care of the bad insects um, that eat our crops, that kind of thing. So it's been, we went from big conventional farmer to a glorified gardener, pretty much is the way I kind of look at it. Big gardeners. Yeah, which I know it's just from seeing the few, um, like, things that you've shown me in the reports and stuff, it's obviously significantly more complex than that. Yeah. But, again, that's, like, we spent over well over an hour just talking it over on 
with your dad and your mom that one day when we were in here just kind of looking at this space, seeing if this would work for us. So Yeah, I mean, I could sit and talk to you for two hours about soil health alone. So <laughs> so how much how hard was it to like for you guys to just decide like, okay, we're, we're done with like Milo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to moving into a completely different realm? I mean, like, was that something that you guys had to battle? Or you, I mean, because I remember you talking about how, you know, you kind of, I, I don't know if spearhead's the right word. But if you, you were kind of like on top of it with wanting everybody to get on board. Yeah, you know, I don't know about like spearheading it, but I was, I mean, I was the one that brought it to my parents said, hey, we should get into this. We should look into this. Um, just look at the medical benefits, this and that. And, um, mom started using CBD. I won't go into that story. I'll let her tell her story on that. But I mean, it helped her out tremendously. And she's off all of her prescription medicines now because of it. Um, and she's been she's been able to live a normal life. And that's what we're trying to do with this is make it to where people can live a normal life, you know, with, without having to use, take eight different prescription pills every day, you know? Do you worry about it ever being something where, um, like people, I guess, like, I guess just to put a word to it, big pharma moving in and like make it to where you're, you're not able to do that or barriers to entry to where it's harder for you to do that? Or have you already seen that? Um, we're seeing that a little bit. I think we're really seeing that with medical marijuana in Kansas. I mean, we're one of the last, there's three states that don't have some sort of medical program, which is embarrassing as a Kansan, you know? Um, but I think that, uh, eventually we'll get there in Kansas and, uh, um, honestly, I think there'll be space for CBD and medical marijuana together. So, um, we might end up staying CBD. It just depends on, because at this point, it looks like the barriers to entry in Kansas are going to be pretty high. And I don't know if a small farm like us could make any money at it. So, Yeah, I was watching a documentary on YouTube where they talked about um, some of the barriers to entry. Like um, some states, like uh, like California, just as a good example, was like incredibly expensive just to get the license. And then you had to have like so much in liquid capital uh, on top of that which was like 200 grand or something like that yeah. of just, you know, money laying around that you could just use whenever. I don't um, all have that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, maybe you do, but, no, 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 um, no. but it's one of those things where, uh, uh, the barriers to entry were rough in some States, whereas other States, like it was comparable to, uh, getting a liquor license. Whereas yeah. like you could get into it for like a thousand dollars. Whereas like a liquor license was like 750 bucks. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma is like the wild, wild west. It, there's the barriers of entry. They're so low. I mean, everybody's doing it down there. So it's, it's somewhat, it's nice on some terms, but on others, like you've got a lot more competition in that area. What do you think the reason for those barriers, like those, like you think it's all just about money or are the barriers to entry just about like, maybe kind of helping to control the product and the quality of the product. Cause they were talking about like uh, the, the, the people that were growing like recreational in California, they were having to like tag each plant. And then when they were done, they'd have to scan each plant, weigh each plant. And then after they strip that plant, then they have to weigh what they stripped, weigh the excess, you know, that they didn't use. And yeah. then like, so they were tracking all the way through that. I mean, so like, I mean, cause like, I guess the, the big thing that is different for me, um, with most people is like, you know, when it comes to like the, like CBDs and, and things like that, you know, uh, like for instance, say I go to the store and I take, I know you and I've had this conversation before, but for the sake of people listening, if you go to the store and you take, you know, one acetaminophen pill, you know, you're getting 200 milligrams of nothing but acetaminophen period end of story. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, whereas like, I think like, I know that that's like a, an issue for your dad and that's an issue for me. While I, while I really like what CBD has to offer as far as the science definitely supports, you know, the pain relief and, um, you know, just kind of helping with this general life things. Of course, like, I'm not trying to say, you know, you put the, put it on your cancer and your cancer goes away. You yeah, know, it's, it's not a cure all by, yeah, it's by a, any means. I think some people try to sell it as a modern day snake oil, but you know, yeah. so do you think, uh, just kind of going back there, do you think it's like a, a way for like maybe government to have a little bit more control, uh, as far as like knowing like where stuff's going, stuff's not leaving out the back door in a way it's not supposed to and stuff like that. Or do you think it's just purely money driven to where they can just get more money? I think it's, I, th- I think a little bit of both. I mean, you know, like, I mean, there's people in it that are strictly in it for the money, um, where they're just, they just come in and they've got millions of dollars of investment and they're just ready like that. Whereas like, um, we also see there's a lot of pushback like in Kansas by the KBI and that kind of stuff. And, um, against, against CBD, no against marijuana. Oh, okay. Are you, are you, you're just talking CBD then? Well, I'm just talking in, in general. I mean, as far as like just barriers to entry on, you know, hemp and I mean, just cannabinoids, I guess, yeah, would be the best way to, to phrase that. It, it's just, I mean, it really depends on the cannabinoid because CBD, I feel like we're pretty low in Kansas for the barriers to entry. It's not not the best program in the nation, but it's pretty decent. Um, whereas like the way it looks now, our medical marijuana program is going to be extremely high barriers to entry. Like in every way, shape, and form, yeah. or like what? What are the what are the licensures looking like? Like, um, at at one point, I've seen like you'll have to grow indoors only, so like greenhouse grows, you won't be able to do outside. Um, like, I've seen anything from like a fifty thousand dollar license to like when they first started talking about it, like two hundred thousand, and then I've seen um, like a tax per plant and having so many like having fence around it and this and that for security issues and everything. And I mean, it's, there's just all sorts of things that are being thrown out there. And like, I've seen a lot of, there's a lot of lobbying for the higher barriers to entry, but there's also guys out there that are doing good things and trying to make it work for your um, small everyday farmer like us so that we can help and help people, uh, Use the products and educate them to where they can uh, live live a normal life. Well, what do you think about like maybe making some of the barriers for entry? Like, say you're the mom and pop place because you guys are basically like what five people. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of brass tacks, I know you have a lot of friends and people that come and help, but um, like maybe making the barriers for entry of people that do have you know, like you can maybe like two hundred grand, and you have to have like all of this other kind of stuff just to kind of even the playing field. Like you have to have real estate, you have to have this, but if you only have this much, maybe your license is only this, but then maybe you don't get as many benefits or I can't remember the state that it is, but there's one where you can, they've got a tiered license system where you yeah, can grow. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. So many acres for this amount of money. Um, I, I think Colorado's that way, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I'd have to look into that a little more. Well, and it was interesting because um, I went to a drug recognition expert conference in Colorado and they were talking about, and at this point, you know, um, cannabis had been, you know, used for recreational purposes there for maybe like two or three years, maybe five total. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody always touts like the money, the money, the money for schools, the money. Right. And, um, 
the law enforcement officers there were even saying like their programs and like so basically like CDOT, I guess, California Department of Transportation, because obviously that's a big concern. And even one of my big concerns would be, you know, driving high. Like that's one thing I, I can't really wrap my mind around when it comes to that of like it, it's same thing with alcohol. It doesn't matter to me if you're impaired and driving. That's a problem um, yeah. in my mind. And so they were talking about how, you know, they did get a lot of extra money. They did get an infusion of a ton of money, but that money was then, you know, they gave like, just to give it an arbitrary number, like $6 million to the schools, which to you and me, like you look at that and you're like, whoa. But when that school has like an overall statewide budget of like, it was some insane number, like 50 or a hundred million or something. Mm -hmm. That was three quarters of a textbook per kid. That's how much money that ended up, you know, like finally being. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just one of them things where it's like anything else when uh, you're going to get a big influx in cash to start and then it's just going to it'll taper off. Well, yeah, but then when when government gets involved, just like with anything, it, it just gets more complicated and more expensive. Yep. And which is interesting because my paycheck is from the government. But, uh, you know, another <laughs> another thing that you and I have discussed many times is, is just like. Uh, my government philosophies as a law enforcement officer is I just try to stay out of your life as much as possible until I get, you know, quote unquote, invited in with your, you know, you're bouncing off of curbs because you're impaired or you're fighting with someone and I get called and that kind of stuff. So um, <clears throat> it's one of those things where I just think that the if if you're going to like have these huge barriers to entry and you're going to be charging like all of this money because, you know, oh, the schools, the schools. Well, then why not give the money? to the schools yep. versus, you know, 50,000 here, 50,000 there, 50,000 here. And then whatever left over went to the schools. Yeah. You know, just call spade a spade. That's exactly right. And it's like same thing when, when people want to talk about, um, you know, like the pain relief, that's what like cannabis gives me mm -hmm. like, Oh, it's the pain relief. And I'm like, okay, you know, there are times like, okay, well, CBD is non-psychoactive and gives you pain relief. So why not do that instead? That's legal. Why do we need medical? Like, just, just say, I want to get high. Like, I can totally wrap my mind around that. I mean, I drink alcohol. I've gotten drunk before. I get, it's a, you know, good feeling. I've never gotten high before, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like, the ideal medical, like, cannabinoid mix is like a one-to-one -one CBD to THC, really. And you don't need 25% THC to, like have medical benefits it's just i mean it's just gonna numb everything it's just numb the mind i mean you're just gonna be stoned out of your gourd <laughs> like i said call a spade a spade if that's what you want to do then just say that's what you want to do which is absolutely nothing wrong with that you yeah. know like if you want to get high get high if you want to get drunk you're gonna get drunk you know you smoke cigarettes you're gonna smoke cigarettes so. yeah i mean i guess uh like my philosophy probably aligns more with with like libertarian views in the sense of you know, like pro liberty, you know, and I know this is this is a discussion we'll eventually get on at some point. Probably probably with your mom would be my guess. But you know, like when it comes to even like the vaccine issue and stuff like that of if you want to get it, get it. If you don't, don't. You know? Not gonna hurt my feelings either way. Yeah. And if it's if you know everybody likes wants to say uh you know it's 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 the unvaccinated's job to get the vaccine to protect the vaccinated, like no no that's the vaccine's job. Yeah, <laughs> is to protect you from that. Yeah, that it is. So you know, it's I'm I'm really looking forward to like the conversation with your parents because just like the little snippet that I heard, um, like there's some really cool like background and history, especially like with your mom. Like uh, your dad's kind of a quieter dude, um. So like I don't he's really... a little bit like me. Like 
when, when I'm having a conversation, like, which is something I'm trying to challenge myself in, like, I really need to process and think in order to come up with a response. And so he's a process and thinker, and he'll come up with something later, which is kind of the way I'm, I am, but I'm trying to get out of that that way and be able to, like, think on my feet, that kind of thing. So Yeah. I, uh, I did a debate in forensics and extemp and speech and all that stuff in school, so that becomes a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, especially when you're on the street and you're dealing with, like, people that are, you know, impaired or wanting to play games or wanting to, you know, do the things that criminals do. Definitely being able to think on your feet is cool. Plus, playing playing the same games with them that they're playing with me is a, is a whole lot of fun. Like, that's probably my, like, favorite thing about being a cop, I guess, would be the ability to read people and then just like play, play the mental game yeah. um, while also trying to be safe. I mean, cause ultimately I want to go home at the end of the day, but uh, just playing the mental game with people that, and I like just to play dumb cop. Like I don't know anything because <laughs> I don't, but um, you know, it's like people like, you know, living in small town America, everybody comes up to you and they're like, Hey, what do you know? And I'm like, Oh, nothing. That's why I'm a cop. <laughs> that's why I'm not a, that's why I'm not a business owner like uh, Nate here because I don't, uh, I don't understand things. No. Well, I don't. I don't have any idea what I'm doing, but we're just we're going with the flow. <laughs> we're doing something right, I think. And then I heard this whole podcast thing was important, so I, we just decided to do one of those too. We didn't really give it much consideration, you know, yep. just <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants. We're gonna see what happens. Yeah, and I guess speaking of that, uh, one of the things that I just find absolutely fascinating about the podcast medium is, um. You know, we, we spend a whole lot of time sitting behind our devices and looking at social media and which is just like snippets of everyone else's life and like the best parts, right? Like most people aren't posting the whole like, oh, I don't feel good today or whatever. You know, they're posting their like standing on the beach in a bikini, sipping a Mai Tai type thing. I always love it when you do those pictures, by the way. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you don't really get to... You don't uh, really get to like sit down and have those meaningful conversations. And even you and I were discussing on the way over here of like when you go to a concert or when you saw those combines that were sitting there in the in the sunset that a lot of people don't really take in those moments and be there in the moment and like really enjoy just Seeing that. being there yep. and experiencing experiences like we're stuck behind our technology. And that's one thing, like, even even though we're stuck behind this technology, what you and I really want to do that we've discussed is, like, sit down and have conversations with people. Get to know them for, like, who they are, their experiences that they've had. Like, I, the people that we talk to, they're like, why do you want me on your podcast? I don't have anything to add. Like, I, I'm not interesting. And I'm like, you have experiences that I don't. You've got um, all sorts of traumas, different vulnerabilities, you know, like... We're gonna get into everything with me, you know. Eventually, you'll hear you'll hear my whole life story up to twenty six years, probably. So, <laughs> um, same with Nick, you know. Like we just want to. We're we're all human. We all have. We all make mistakes. We all go through hardships, you know. We just want to talk about what's helped us get through those hardships, and uh, try and help people out. And maybe, maybe if it just helps one person, that's all I'm asking, you know. Like if just one person. Um, can get out of a tough spot because something they heard from us, you know, like I would be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I personally go to church. One of the things I do and one of the pastors was saying, if he could get one person, one step closer to Christ, then like his, his entire ministry was worth it. Yep. And so I think that's kind of segueing into like what you're talking about in the sense of like, just, I mean, and, and not only that, but I, I we're talking about that mental resilience portion of like, 
like what's what's the next step for us like what is the next thing what is the next like problem that we're trying to overcome or maybe maybe even you and i are dealing with something yep and we have somebody on here that we talk to and they're like oh i did this to deal with that and it's like oh wow okay cool i never tried that never thought of that you know whatever and kind of go from there it's something that i really love about the podcast medium and plus it's it's one of those things where you're it's really intimate as far as like when people listen to it like they're on their way to work or, you know, like me, I have like a, I actually have a speaker in my uh, shower that I listen to podcasts or listen to music and, you know, you kind of have their attention. You don't have like, you know, five, five minutes of a TV episode commercial, five minutes of commercial, you know, you, you actually have the chance to just like sit down and be in those moments and have those conversations. Yep. And, you know, like, I, I mean, at work, I just throw in my earbuds and listen to podcasts all day long. So it just, I don't know, just something like motivation i listen to motivational podcasts other entrepreneurs like guys like andy frazilla jocko um um i i'm not a huge news guy i really struggle with like what do i believe you know and i think a lot of us really struggle (laughs) with like what do we believe yep for sure so you know i try to I try to listen to some news and is try to listen to like unbiased stations as much as I can, you know? So I just, I don't know. Just, I think that truly unbiased is like really hard to find. Cause I think you're going to have implicit biases no matter what. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Like for instance, say, say that you like for you, just knowing your, your thought process of like, if you like you, you're, you're driven and you're, you're definitely all about like that next step. And there are people that aren't. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you're probably going to have, like, an implicit bias there towards the people that aren't. I mean, just not in the sense that you're going to, like, treat them badly. But, I mean, I just, like, biases exist no matter where we look. Just like I'm biased towards the cannabis industry. You know, there's other people that are biased against it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, what made you what made you want to get into, like, strongman? Um, or were you strong-armed? by felicia no felicia's our coach by the way i wasn't strong-armed into it at all you know like growing up i uh you know i lifted weights and i was never like spectacular at it but i was probably better at lifting weights in high school than i was at playing football and our our conditioning strength and conditioning coach happened to compete in strongman and stuff and so back then i kind of had it in my mind you know that'd be cool to do someday you know and then well 10 years later so you know like i'm in a funk i'm kind of depressed and sad i'm done with football you know that sucked i mean it was great but it sucked being over you know i miss football every day it was a huge part of my life and i just had a kind of a hole in my life you know and so then i see nick and heather and felicia in the gym training strongman every day i was like i might have to hit them up i want to be like you when i grow up (laughs) yeah And uh, so I started training with them. I actually signed up for a strongman competition before I even asked to train with them. Um, started training. Nothing like going in balls deep from the from the word go. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> um, but we uh, started training with them. Had my first competition. What was that? It was Taste Strongman in June, I think. I don't remember. There was one. I slept since then. One in Sterling and competed in that one. Didn't do bad. I ended up taking second in novice and. Um, it was, I was one point away from taking first and it was, you know, I really liked it. Did that. you compete against Lucas? Was Lucas in your category? No. Cause you were what? Middleweight? Yeah, I was, no, I was lightweight. No, oh, was you were lightweight? lightweight? And he was novice heavyweight. How much does he weigh? He's only five pounds heavier than me. He just <laughs> didn't cut down. So how, 
What was the what was the spread between lightweight and heavyweight? Was there a middleweight? <laughs> oh, okay, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. It was two twenty and below, or two twenty and above. Okay, okay, got you. So you didn't have to compete against Lucas. <laughs> That's good because you probably lost. But anyway, good. He would have beat me. <laughs> I don't know about now, but he would have beat me then. Yeah. Um, ended up taking second. It wasn't wasn't a bad competition. You know, I had a lot of fun, and it just like I missed that competition. I missed competing, um, and I just love the. So, like, powerlifting, I feel like you know going in where you're going to be at for the most part. You know you got some adrenaline, but you're just, I mean, for the most part, you know what you're going to lift. You know, strongman, you got a pretty good idea, but there's just so much more mental toughness to a lot of these lifts that, like, the who's fell stone. Like, how much pain can you take before you drop <laughs> yeah, that for thing? for sure, for sure. How much, like, in that who's fell stone, it presses on your sternum and your diaphragm and it, you gotta force your breathing, and you gotta like. Can you suffocate before you drop that stone? Almost, <laughs> you know. So I just like the the mental toughness side of it, and competed in my second one in Wichita, and it was eye opening. There was a couple guys there that just straight up whooped my ass all day long. You know. That that's happened in like every contest I've competed in. <laughs> like seriously, every single one. Yeah, but you know what? Like I learned from it. I I took third in that one, so it wasn't bad, but. Um, I don't know. Just keep uh, moving forward. I got another one in December, and I'm probably gonna get my ass kicked again. But I'm really looking forward to it and competing against some guys who've been doing it for a while and got some good experience. And iron sharpens iron, baby. <laughs> I just remember uh, growing up, like watching Strongman uh, back in. Um, oh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? But anyway, you know where they would they would do like the squats with. Uh, like they would have girls standing on a platform in bikinis and you have this guy that's like squatting, you know, the, you know, you, you see, you see a number like 400 pounds or something like, you're like, Oh my goodness. Like that's so much weight. And now like I'm squatting that now, you know, and not to say that I'm a strong man because the guys like these days are just, they're insane. Six, eight, 400 pounds, <laughs> you know, like Brian and Eddie. And, uh, did you see Martins? Lisey's won the uh, Rogan Rogan Invitational. He won Strongman World Strongest Man of 2019. Right? Yeah, it was a couple years ago because yeah. it was it was he was the one right before COVID. Okay, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then um, watching his training and the way he's been doing training, like it doesn't surprise me. Like, don't get me wrong. Like watching Brian like train, like that guy is a machine. Yeah, um, but he's but also just, getting up there in age. Yeah, and then watching Martins is just like wow like yeah, like that guy and not to mention like when he squats it's like like that's it's ass to grass it like 110 percent all the way down um but you know that so i i just grew up like watching like watching strongman and always thought like wow that would be cool to do and i've always been like a big kid like i mean i remember being like you talked about like being 275 in like college like i was that when i was in like senior in high school <laughs> so like i've always been a big dude you know like i'm like right now i'm like 6'4 360 365 something like that um of course i'm like fitting into clothes that i haven't fit into in a while but you know i'm such a beautiful guy um, <laughs> but uh it was just something i always wanted to do and i was in the gym and my my buddy cameron actually kind of talked me into going to the gym and i was just like because, you know, again, I was the kid that was in my parents' basement playing video games. I Did you lift at all when you were growing up? Uh, so my cousin lived with us for a while, and he lifted. Yeah. And he had those, like, old school weights, the ones that, like, wrapped in plastic that had, like, the semen inside oh, of them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, I would, like, 
lift with him because he was in high school and when I was probably like maybe eight or 10, 12, yeah. somewhere around in there. So I never really like was religiously in the gym. Like I never really ever um, had a training regimen or anything. I played seventh grade football um, and then seventh grade basketball and just realized like I my, my mental toughness wasn't there. I mean, that's all there was to it. I just um, like the running and all that other good stuff and the conditioning and just like I just meant wasn't mentally tough to put up with it. And I guess I wasn't really challenged, which is also another reason I kind of challenged my kids yeah. a little more. Um, so, you know, playing video games and all that good stuff. And, you know, obviously became a, a big kid as a result of that. But then getting into law enforcement and realizing, like, I want to go home at the end of the day. And there are people out there that are stronger, faster, and still are than me. Always will be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have some tools that I carry around to make that fight a little bit, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little more uh, even if that is the case. But um, I just was in the gym and I was kind of, I kind of plateaued. Like I did, I was lifting and I was gaining strength and all that other good stuff. But then it was like kind of like anything else where once you do it wrong, long enough, your brain gets bored, right? And mm -hmm. now, now we're into the mental toughness side of just sticking with it. And so I was like, okay, maybe I can change and tweak this a little bit. So I went to Ashley. Um, who manages the the wellness center there in Sterling and just said like, Hey, can you train me how to do strongman? And she just like wide eyed looked at me like, and you could tell the body language. No, I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> She's like, but I know someone that can. So um, I hit up uh, Felicia because that was Ashley's friend and someone that she knew that had done like things like Highland games um, and did like throwing in school. And so like had more of like a strong man ish background and so uh, ended up messaging her out of nowhere and not realizing anything of Felicia's story at that time. I mean, total God thing. That's all I can say. But not not knowing anything about Felicia's story. Who uh, we're going to have on eventually. Yeah, so I'm not going to ruin that the same way you didn't want to, like with your mom's journey. But um, having her agree to do what she did was interesting. Like we met over coffee and... I was like, I want to do this and that and this and that. And she's kind of over there like, who is this guy? So Nick Nick spearheaded this whole strongman thing <laughs> for all of us. All I did was ask a question. Now all she trains, is what is there, six of us? Well, there's what? You, me, Heather, Bree, Nelson. Nelson um, Alicia. Alicia. On the regular, that's what, six? Mm -hmm. Six of us? Yeah, so she's training six of us now in strongman. And like... <laughs> Helps out a couple more, like Wyatt and yeah, that kind of thing. Right, right. And, uh, but, you know, so got got with her and started training. And then I guess it was just kind of, uh, it's just like anything else that's good in life. Like anything else that when you're when you're being wholesome and you're being genuine. And like, you know, because we, we didn't get into that, into Strongman for like money or profit or gain. Or, you know, because we never spent time like really posting a whole lot to social media. Mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of not my jam. Like I do sometimes. Like you'll notice after Midwest Strongest Man, I didn't really post much of my lifts, but that's just a personal thing for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was just like, and then, you know, like people like you that would just like see us and come into the gym and just be like, whoa, like that's cool. And I want to do that. Be like him when I grow up. <laughs> I want to be like him when I grow up. But just, uh, just seeing like the transformation, even in the just like two years that I've been with her, you know, I went from like squatting like 200 and I think it was like 260 pounds was like my max two years ago 
to I think I did 484 when we when we maxed last week because you've been on a different training cycle because you're competing yep. you're yep. competing and that's that's another thing that like I don't understand like it's like when we were talking about the beginning of the podcast and Nate was like I didn't really understand this technology side so Nick set that up but it's like there's things about business that I don't understand that you do um, and so when it came to strongman like I don't understand the programming or the mechanics of how. And Felicia went to school for that. And yeah. so she gives us like detailed workouts. And sometimes we hate our lives. And sometimes Heather asks things like, when are we just going to go back to lifting heavy things versus this? <laughs> some of the circuit training things and stuff that we do, they're just murder. And, and but of course, the, the sport of strongman is changing. It used to be the fatter I am and the more I can lift. That's that's the litmus test of, com- you know, being competitive. Yeah. Whereas now it's like. The, all the guy like even Brian has trimmed down to like his lowest weight that he's ever been. I think he's just, lost like forty pounds yeah. and like I mean there's relay stuff now like carry medleys. Um, you got to be mobile. You can't just go pick up thousand pounds and set it back down. You got to be able to move through these set of sandbags and toss them over a twenty foot bar or something. You know or well that's what we saw what a couple of years ago with like with like Brian and and I just always talk about Brian because. He's one that I follow. That's, that's his daddy. Yeah, he's he's uh, so next to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Brian Shaw would probably be the next guy that I would marry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things where just you know watching him a couple of years ago, where you've got like a four time world strongest man, right? Like this this dude's not weak. Hmm. Like he's and not to mention he's incredibly driven. I mean, would you see what he's doing through his company? With Evolution Athletics, and now he's doing that. Uh, he's got Shaw Strength and Evolution Athletics, and now he's so. got like a new a new supplements line. Yeah. Um, and for the life of me, I can't remember what that is. But you know, just watching just him being driven like that stuff like that doesn't come from mentally being like mentally weak. You know, as no. far as that kind of stuff. And so you got to be mentally tough and have be very disciplined in order to make things like that work. And so, like watching him a couple of years ago go from like four-time world's strongest man, like competing at the top to like fifth. I was like, oh. I was like, wow. Like what the differences that we're seeing in the sport and the differences in the training and, and like how they're eating. Like he's gone from like, like just gobbling all the carbs that he can get to, you know, like kind of, it seems like more of like a higher protein, still high carb, higher protein, a little bit less carbs and also, he even like eats cake and stuff. Like it's yeah. like the Rice Krispie. I mean, there's they're still eating ten, twelve thousand calories a day, but which most of us don't eat in like four or five days. <laughs> that I think that would probably be like the biggest, I guess, barrier to entry. Since we were talking about that earlier, to strongman is just trying to keep up with like eating that much food. Like I tried that for a while, and I've got a freezer full of meat. But it's just one of those things of like that is incredibly expensive. Especially like I can do it. Prices the way they are nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> I can do it. Like I'm fat enough. Like I can put away like food. Like if like if we went to like just say McDonald's as an example. Like normally what I would get like when I was just eating like whatever I wanted because obviously I'm not competing at world's strongest man. It was like you know double quarter pounder, two large fries, and then like a ten piece nugget and like hook me up with like a coke as well. Yeah. So, I mean, putting away the food's not hard. Affording said food is hard. Um, and then, like, even or even if you decide to meal prep, 
I mean, but that's that take, the worst part. That right there takes a lot of discipline. You know, you're eating probably like four meals a day plus snacks in between meals. And like sometimes you're just, you may be hot and tired and you don't want to eat. You got to force yourself to eat and it's tough. I don't, I eat, oh, probably 3,500 calories a day. About where I'm at right now. And I'm maintaining. Probably been a little higher than that because I started to put on a little bit of weight. But I've also been drinking a few more Keystones recently too. <laughs> So, hey, at least it's not natty. We won't just we won't judge you. Yeah, I gotta go with the stones, baby. <laughs> so, uh, so like I guess like what what are your goals in strongman? Like, what do you want to do with it? Because um, you and I have like very different goals with strongman. I don't know. I love the competition. You know, that's like crack cocaine to me. I love that stuff. You know, uh, competition, not crack cocaine. But. <laughs> 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 um, like goals for strongman, you know. Like I want to, I want to compete at a pretty high level. I want to go to to nationals and eventually get my pro card and this and that and compete for, I don't know, until I I feel like my body doesn't want me to compete anymore, and then I'll move into coaching and that kind of stuff. And you know, I'll help out with coaching as I go along. Um, I feel like I help a little bit now with um, coaching with some people, you know, like because I've got pretty good amount of weightlifting experience from my time well i mean i've lifted for the past 13 years so just trying to help out and you know like help people because i feel like with the strongman like just building mental toughness is a huge thing for people in general you know i feel like we had this conversation especially in like today's yeah. world <laughs> we're both deal. on the same page here about <laughs> how we think we live in a soft society we certainly how, do and how uh um, my body fat is an indicator of how soft our society is. Yeah, we've been we we've been very blessed to live in the time period that we live in, and not have to go through struggles that some of our ancestors have had to go through. And uh, I think eventually, some it's the script's going to flip, and it's going to times are going to get tough, and um, some people may not be prepared for that, and we're going to have a huge mental health crisis in our country. I mean, I think we we even got to see a little bit of that. I know we. Here, here we are down our rabbit hole, but I think we got to see a little bit of that during COVID. I mean, when you had, like, if you just look at the statistics of how many, like, antidepressants and, you know, anti-anxiety medications were prescribed during that time, uh, wow. You know, I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. I mean, considering that most of the time you kind of associate, like, stress and anxiety and stuff with, like, going to work and yeah. all that other kind of stuff, whereas, like, people weren't going to work. Um, so, like, I even made a post on my Instagram um, which by the way is at 519 spelled all the way out. Um, and it, uh, where I just, I talked about like, you know, it, did you struggle during that time? Like, if that's the case, you know, can I recommend some things to you like Jocko's podcast and Andy's podcast and Our Andy, podcast. Andy, <laughs> Andy Frisilla's <laughs> podcast. And like, um, I also like, um, uh, Andy, uh, Stump in his podcast. He's a former Navy SEAL. He's got some really interesting people on there. Um, but you know, just like, you know, the mental toughness was, you know, kind of a little bit of a wake up call there and, and relatively speaking, you know, we had unprecedented things that happened, right? Like never in my life had I ever experienced like everything being shut down and like not being able to go to certain places and stuff like that. I would say most people alive today have never experienced that, but we talked on the way here about like, you know, never have we experienced like food rationing or gas rationing or, you know, the things that have been experienced during wartime by our ancestors 
where they were truly experiencing or a draft an actual military draft yeah you know and it's like granted technology's helped and made things better and a society should always progress but what happens when that stuff not if but when that stuff's no longer there i mean yeah. because like you said eventually at some point that script is going to flip something's going to how you going to handle yeah. it yeah so um backing up to like our goals and strongman um like my goals are different in the sense of so i i work in public service so i also like you know the idea of helping people um i like to you know be able to if i do end up in someone's life in the course of work of like trying not to make the arrest or not to ticket. Like I still do those things. Um, but like, you know, I only issue a ticket in like one third of my traffic stops, which yeah. I think is, you know, not a bad deal um, personally, but uh, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I like to help people as well. Um, but I really associate with like Ryan Mickler is a podcast with order a man, which is like protect, provide, preside. Um, which I think is what a man should be doing in his family, protecting it, providing for it, presiding over it. So, and I feel like you carry that into your job as well. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Like I think the reason that you only write in a write a ticket in a third of all your or third of all your traffic stops is because you just you feel like you shouldn't have to collect money for the government a little bit. Yeah, I would definitely say you know law enforcement is not revenue generation uh, that. That is the, the the wrong mindset to have. And I don't care if, if you're New York City or if you're Sterling, Kansas. Um, revenue generation is done by things like water, sewer, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, when it came to helping people, like I was, I was literally two years ago, I was the first responder that needed a first responder. Meaning if I showed up on scene and there was anything that was mildly taxing, say like a fight or running after someone or even just searching an area. And I'll tell a story here in a minute about a search that I did um, where I was so out of shape that like if, if you called me because you needed my help and you needed me to fight somebody on your behalf, like I probably would not have been able to do it. Not to say that I'm a fighter because strength doesn't translate into being able to fight, but um it was kind of like a wake up call and there's some other things in, in my story that we will definitely get into on the podcast as well. That kind of helped give a wake up call. Um, my wake up call was a pretty, uh, pretty brunt one, uh, or blunt one. The best way I can explain it is just unplugging everything in my brain and all these, like the wires that we have on the table of taking all those wires and plugging them back into the places that they should have been versus the, the places that they weren't plugged, you know, the wrong places they were plugged into. Yeah. And I understand. Well, I mean, we all have that moment where we're like, Oh yeah, I need a change. So that was kind of my like into the gym and also just seeing like uh, one of the things I forgot to talk about earlier was you talked about how when you were done with sports that like you kind of had a big gap. And I see that a lot in the interns that we have ride with us um, that like that they run through the internship program through the criminal justices is they they're getting ready to be done with school. They're getting ready to, you know, I guess, quote unquote, go into the real world or whatever. And they're not going into pro baseball, football, whatever it is. I mean, that's all they've like, ever known is yes. baseball or football for their whole lives. And, they, and they've never really, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they've never really given any consideration to what's my plan B. All I did from third grade up until I was 22 years old was bash my head against people. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So, um, so, for, so for me, you know, it was getting into the gym and 
getting fit was more so for like me first, I guess, kind of taking mm-hmm. care of me. It just, it just clicked to me. Like there's never going to be a right time. There's never going to be a perfect time. You know, I always thought to myself when I'm done with college or when my kids are back in school or when my wife finds a new job or whatever. And it was just one day I'm like, there's never going to be a good day, a good time. And I mean, you've got to, it's got to be me first. It, and people probably think that that's selfish. Like you got to be me first, but if you're not me first, then you're not going to be able to be there for those people when they need you. Yeah. And that's kind of where, um, it, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause a lot of people ask me like, why, why do you want to be a law enforcement officer? And this was even prior to us getting like a super bad rap in the media that we've had lately. And I just like, like, I want to be the person that is in front of the bullet instead of you. And I, I don't, I can't explain why. I, I mean, I don't want to die. I don't have some, like some complex, like, or I'm suicidal, but just in the sense of like, put me in coach. Like it, I'm, I'm ready. I want to, I want to be the person that stands up in society and handles that situation. And handles it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I couldn't do that at all in the condition that I was in. And I still have a lot of work to go, but I mean, I'm, I'm, when I was in the Academy, I ran the mile that they had there. I should say I walked the mile that they had there in like basically like, I think it was like 17 or 20 minutes, somewhere in that What was range. the requirement for it? There wasn't one. There wasn't? No, no. Kansas doesn't have one. It's participation based. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Oh, man. I think I think Vinny's mile and a half was like 11 minutes or something like that. So, yeah. So, and then, so. That's uh, what I had to be under. Oh, yeah. Well, they, usually they have like a, a mile and a half push-up sit-up. That's kind of the, the go-to law enforcement standard. I think they had sprint, too, oh. of some sort. Well, it's, and that's the thing is, is it's different with, it's different with every, with every um, yeah. department. But. You know, I, I even at even at six four, three hundred and sixty five pounds or sixty pounds, whatever I'm at, because it fluctuates. You know, I still ran an eleven minute mile, which to me is good because that's the best I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah. So you know, progress is being made, um, and I hope that you know if that time ever does come that you know somebody needs help. So then translating into the long term, not just coming home at the end of the day or helping someone is like. I have extremely fond memories of my grandparents um, on both sides of just like what they brought to the table and just being amazing in every way. And I want to do that for grandkids. I've told each one of my kids, I want three kids from them. So I want like nine grandkids at least. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you know, my daughter is nine. um, And so my boys, my boys are also a little bit, um, you know, they're nine, 11 and 13. So they look at me kind of like, why are you talking to me about like how many kids I'm supposed to have right now? Like, <laughs> but I just, uh, I just really want to be like that grandpa that's like deadlifting 400 pounds someday. And my grandkids are like cheering me on and, uh, just being a part of their lives and spoiling the hell out of grandkids and maybe hopefully some great grandkids at some point. So like our goals are very different. And that's also sometimes why, while I love competing against you and I love like attempting to make you look bad on certain things <laughs> like today, I wasn't like my back was a little twingy, you know, when we were doing stones. So like I, when I, I just did two of the two twenty five and it was just done. And like, you're of course like, Oh, Nick did two. So I'm going to do four. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's kind of cool just to see like the differences, but there's, there's a lot of similarities there in like what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. And um, you know, like, I'm probably in the, in the best shape of my life, like that I've ever been. You know, I'm, I'm back to 220. Like I weigh the same amount now that I did my senior year in high school. You know, when I first got back 
into the gym, I was 275 pounds and I was just starting construction and I couldn't even hardly bend over to put tile on the floor. I'd say you were, you were pretty fluffy compared to what you look like now. I was a freaking marshmallow, <laughs> you know? So um, what are you saying about me? <laughs> you've lost a lot of weight. You, what have you lost? hundred pounds? No, no. I've actually gained a significant amount of weight training with Felicia. Oh, okay. Um, when I, when I started training with Felicia, uh, I weighed 320. Okay. So, but I mean, on the flip side of the coin, I think I've gone down two pant sizes and it just depends on the shirt. Like I can't really just like, like for instance, some of these shirts are like tighter than others. So I can't really like judge based on that. But pant sizes are kind of a, maybe not in the female world, but in the male world, kind of a little more universal of, of judging those kind of things. But also, you know, wearing a gun everywhere I go to, I have to buy pants that are a size bigger because I wear inside the waistband holsters. So that takes up a little extra space and stuff. Oh, I tried putting my, uh, um, my gun inside my uh, waistband when I was fat, and that felt like a knife sticking to my side. I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, you have to have a good holster, though, too. Yeah. Well, like I a... was, I mean, like I was in the 40-inch waist is what I was at, and now I'm down to like a 34, 36, depending on. Depending on the brand? Yeah. So maybe not nearly as uh, as uh, universal as I was making it out to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, so like some, what are, what are some of your favorite, like, I guess, like, uh, cheat meals? Like, I guess when you, when you aren't eating your super quinoa tuna hot sauce melt, like what, what is your favorite thing to just like, absolutely just like splurge munch, munch down on? Man, I just, I really like a good, like greasy cheeseburger, you know? Um, whether that's from like, sometimes I'm just like craving a McDouble from McDonald's or something, you know? (laughs) Just the the shittiest nasty food ever. I don't care about the quality of the beef. Just give me the grease. Beef. That's beef. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, according to them, it's, it's. I mean, I read it on the internet that it's that it is. So it's got to be true, right? Yeah, it was on the internet. It's true. Um, I don't know. Another uh, thing, like my dad smokes a lot of meat, um, which I think you do a lot too. But yeah. I like a like a good rack of ribs. Mm. Oh. Spare ribs, man. That's where it's at. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't really like the baby backs because they. It's like to me they don't have like enough meat to really, like you have to cook like especially like so I'm a five person family. I'm a big dude. Uh, my wife is a bigger lady too, and then my my kids like my my 13 year old like he's, oh gosh I think he's like 220 pounds or something like that or 200, but he's like tall like he's yeah. almost as tall as me. Um, and and I, you know he works out too. He works out at school and does sports and stuff. But um, he's stronger than Nick. Yeah, <laughs> he he always he's always like, hey, can I go to the gym with you? And I'm just like, uh, not today, you know, because like he he always if he you beat up, me in arm wrestling, you can come to the gym. Well, he always ends up working out at school, and then uh, when he does work out at school, like it's I don't want to give him like two and three workouts a day, especially when he wants to come to the gym and be like, let me show you how much I can lift. I'm like, oh, you're wanting to come max like twice in a day? Yeah, that's 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 a quality <laughs> way to like do work Sounds like you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> he might not hurt himself because what is he? You said 13? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was 13, I'd just go to the gym and throw heavy weight on. Didn't warm up, nothing. <laughs> now, I'd warm up for like 30 minutes. 30 so, minutes, my ass. I mean, it depends on the day. Like my back's out. No, no. It depends on whether Felicia's watching or not. Well, some, no, there's been times I go in there and I go sit on the hydro massage, roll out, um, stretch, I've never seen you do that. Really? Never well, once. That's, that's been recently because my back's been a little messed up. <laughs> because you didn't warm up. That's why. 
Yeah, you didn't well, properly warm up. We're getting there. I didn't really warm up that great today. Yeah, see, I did warm up and cool down. What did you do? <laughs> I, see, point, point in case. I rolled out, and then I stretched a little bit and did some front squats, and then I picked up heavy-ass stones. And my back feels good. How's your back feel? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair, because my form on the lift itself was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Not not my not my warm up routine. That was not my problem. Yeah, yeah. My, my problem was the uh, you know picking the stone up and trying to to like basically like throw it up into my lap from the floor versus like you know pulling it into my stomach and trying to like lap it and then bring it over the bar. So that's it's, you're just using the wrong litmus test here. This is it, your your fault, not mine. It's a those those Atlas stones are fun. They're a, a whole. I mean, what have you been doing like? I've only been doing them for like four weeks now since for this next competition. And it's just been a whole different animal for me. Well, it's just like the Husa. Yeah. When you and I first started on the Husa, we both looked at each other wide-eyed like, oh my goodness, what did we just get ourselves this into? This is terrible. <laughs> and I just like it to be known, he beat me at the Atlas Stones today, but I whipped his ass at Husa Fellstone. Yeah, so, he did. Yeah. Both, both weight and distance. I just like to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the only thing I think I've ever... I think i've ever really actually truly beat you in because everything else like you nah viking press i'm pretty sure you got me on viking press stuff. how many did you do on viking mm, i don't remember but you did i think you did more at a heavier weight i think yeah but 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 pound for pound though like how much you said how much do you weigh right now 225 so at 225 you were at least able to lap and almost over the bar load a stone today i think it was 40 315 yeah. stone and I couldn't even get it off the floor. So, like, if you think about, like, your pound-for-pound pound, um, strength versus my pound-for-pound pound strength, like, yours is significantly higher. But on the flip side of the coin, you know, you've been lifting for, like, a decade more than I have. So, I mean, I, I have to look at it through those litmus tests. And that's one thing I always, like, want to caution people. Like, when Adam comes into the gym, he was talking today with me in uh, at, at your gym, at your house, about how he was only a sophomore and how much he was lifting, which by all means is impressive. I'm not going to lie for, for his, for only being as old as he is and what he does, like Adam is pretty strong considering for a sophomore. Yeah. But I told him, I just said, okay, you're right. I said, but your form shit. I said, yeah, I said your form shit. And so, you know, he wanted to look at some outside factors as to why his form shit and all this other kind of stuff. And I just said, listen, like, you know, because he he wants to be the youngest world's strongest man. That's mm-hmm. his goal. Yeah. Um. And and I think that's fantastic. Like I love, like you said, the goal oriented. Like I love the goals. And obviously, you know, I've written things down of like things that I want to talk today, and uh, when we're done with the podcast. But uh, yeah, I I just had to have because you know, and the same thing with Felicia when she talks to us about um, you know, like what we're doing and what our we're accomplishing and what our goals are. Like she's brutally honest with us as well, which I think is it's good. A it's good, good thing. for someone to be honest. I mean, would you rather someone just blow smoke up your ass the whole time and like some people? Yes, not, some people love that. Some people love to have smoke blown up their ass. That's part of this soft generation. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I just I, I really value like Felicia in so many ways as far as like not just coaching but in friendship and stuff mm-hmm. like that too. Um, but I, I really value people. And that's like when I, when you and I first started and we were talking about the podcast, I'm like, you know, if, if you need to tell me how the cow ate the cabbage, go for it. You know, like I'm, I might get a little annoyed or pissed off cause you may have told me something I didn't like to hear, but at the end of the day, 
after getting some chance to kind of like stew on it, like you were talking about how you and your dad like to like think about things. Um, you know, after I have that opportunity, typically I'll come to like the conclusion of like, yeah, that was my fault. I screwed up. Like I could have done something better. Or, or like when we first started this, like one thing we talked about, I brought it up early was doing a contract between yeah. us, you know? Um, and it's not just, because I think things are going to go south or anything like that. But there's always that off chance that it does. You know, I've been stung by partners in the past multiple times. No, let's face it. We're all broken Yeah. in our, in, our, in one way or another, right? We're all broken. We all got baggage. You know, who knows what's going to happen? You know, yep. someone could die. Someone could get in a car wreck. And so, I mean, just my first bit of entrepreneurship experience. If you got partners, write up a contract. It doesn't take much. You yeah. Know? And, and have it looked at by a lawyer. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. You know, m- most people know. A lawyer that'll look at it. I mean, it'll take them twenty minutes to read through a little contract for a little partnership of two or three people. Well, it's just like anything else. You know, you it takes money to make money. So if you, and and most of the time, those contracts are not. You know, I mean, let's face it. You're not like Walmart, like making a contract with somebody where it's hundreds of pages. How long did it take you? I mean, it was what, five pages, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like to actually put it all together. Well, I mean, do you want me to count researching or just? Just like the actual just to assembly, write it up. yeah. The actual assembly of the contract was probably like twenty minutes, yeah. thirty minutes, and and not only that, but you know, you invest in a lawyer that takes a look at it, and you're probably going to spend probably like less than a hundred dollars to yeah. have them read just a five page contract, and that could save you. I mean, let's say your business grows into something huge, um, that can save you so much headache and with the or, way the internet is nowadays, like who know? I mean, you n- you never know. It could blow up overnight, and. Then, I mean, when money gets involved and power and this and that, you know, it's it gives you something to look back on and say, hey, this is what we had three years ago when we started this. Let's go back to this. But I think you and I also came into it with the right mindset, too, of like one of um, Andy Frasillo's recent podcasts when he talked about um, contracts was this contract is just kind of used as like a a thing that we're going to write up just in case stuff does go bad and we're going to put it into a file cabinet. And then that's where it's going to stay. Yeah. And, and it, if we it, have issues, then we're, we're going to talk. We're going to talk like men and yeah. we're going to figure out a solution to our problem. And you've got to be in business. You've got to be able to have hard conversations with people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So like this, this whole conversation with you has been hard. Yeah. Real difficult. <laughs> I've hated, I've hated every moment of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, um, when it comes to like back, back to Felicia a little bit, and I don't want to take too much away from her story. But, you know, having the, the background that she has and, and not overtraining us and also re- recognizing overtraining us. As a matter of fact, she has to, like, call Nate down from time to time to tell him to, like, All the time. you are not going to lift today or you are not going to lift that much today or, <laughs> or I'm going to choose your weights. You're not choosing your weights. You yeah. Know, stuff like that. Um, I like it's good to, to have that accountability. Breaking point and. All that and then break yourself, failure. yeah. <laughs> Hurt myself. You and Nelson had to go to the chiropractor last week. It's it's nice to have that uh, that check in place so that we don't do that. You know, it's just like anything else in life. I think that if if you surround yourself with good people, like you're ultimately going to be good and be successful. I mean, just maybe not like rich people or maybe not like the smartest people or the hardest working people. I mean, but everybody has something they can bring to the table. And as long as like, I think they're genuine and you're surrounding yourself with genuine people with, for the right reasons, like ultimately you're going to be successful. And that's one thing I really like about like the group that we have right now is it's, we've had a couple of people that have come into the fray 
um, even before like you, the, they didn't stick around long. It didn't yeah. last. It didn't last very long. And also, and I don't think that was necessarily because we were, you know, telling them how the cow ate the cabbage, but it just came back to that mental toughness. Yep. Um, because like, there are just times like I roll out of bed and I'm just like, man, I am not feeling this today. And they're not feeling this day, not feeling lifting. Like I just want to stay in bed. There's a lot of people that have issues. They would have issues having a female coach, you know, like they, there's a lot of males out there that just really struggle taking constructive criticism from a female. Yeah. Or any criticism for that matter. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm married. I have, I struggle with taking criticism. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm not married <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh it's cool to have um that outside because Felicia is to that point where like she doesn't mind like she she always talks about how she's a recovering mean girl, so she has no problem being mean when it's warranted or when it's needed or when she needs to you know wake me because like for me I always have to learn everything the hard way. You know, I uh, like there was that one day that we were practicing the Viking press with uh we were putting the two barbells together mm-hmm. and then loading them with weights and she wanted 90 pounds total and we put 90 <laughs> pounds on each bar so we were pressing 180 instead of like 90 total so like there are times like we have to learn things the hard way because you know i don't read well or we don't read well from time to time or we're discussing like hey this is how you do this lift and i'm like no it's not nate and nate's like yeah this is how you do it and then felicia's like no this is how you do it and nick was right and i was like yes <laughs> yeah that did happen last week <laughs> i think that's the first time though because most of the time it's me that's screwing something up for not reading correctly <laughs> but um you know just like uh going through the whole process of strongman has just been not only physically beneficial but i think it's been like really mentally beneficial um and i'm, I'm throwing around the idea of 75 hard uh, but I don't know if I'm ready to like click that button yet. <laughs> Cause I just, I mean, just, uh, <clears throat> I just want to gain like the mental aspects from it. It's kind of cool. Um, just to like, just move to that next level, do that next thing. Um, and go from there. So you, you did it a little bit, right? I did it for like 36 days. And how was that? Whoop my ass. Well, but, but I also, I learned a lot in those 36 days like, about myself about mental toughness, about being disciplined. Discipline is the biggest thing. You know, like, um, you would think, like, the two workouts a day would be the hardest thing or drinking the gallon of water or this and that, but that wasn't it for me. What ended up, I failed because I forgot to take a freaking picture in the mirror without my shirt on, you know, at the end of the day. So just the little things is what By the way, really all of those are on. available on his OnlyFans, if, yeah. if anybody needs a copy. <laughs> and we, we'll, we'll post that in the description. <laughs> Man, I wish it was that easy to make money for me. <laughs> I mean, it can be if you want it to be. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you talked about like some of the things that you learned as far as like the discipline being the most. Like what did you learn mentally? Like what were the things that I guess maybe were holding you back that you learned that, like to kind of step over or overcome? Well, you know, like there's just like I've always had a little bit of a lazy streak where I just didn't want to get out of bed, you know. And if I wasn't getting out of bed at 430 and going to do that lift – that meant that I was set off the whole day, you know, like I would get up at seven, go to work, and then I'd have to drink my gallon of water faster. I'd have to get a workout in right after work, go work out at the farm, and then work out when I got home again at like nine or 10 o'clock at night when it's dark, you know, instead of lifting in the morning when I should have. So just staying on schedule was a huge thing for that, um, which, I mean, that's, if you're if you don't stay disciplined, you're not gonna make it through that. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people get mixed up. 
is there's there's a big difference between discipline and motivation. Yeah, you know, and you were talking about people that have you know contacted you on your Instagram that were saying like, hey, you know, I kind of got into this because like you motivated me to do mm-hmm. this. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, motivation is good and that's fantastic. I'm glad you're in the gym, but motivation um, only lasts for so yeah, long. Yeah, at some point that's gonna go away, and, and then what are you gonna do? Yeah, and another thing was sacrifice. You know, like during that that time, like I didn't see anybody. Like all I did was eat, sleep, work, and repeat. Like, before that was this was before seventy five hours. During seventy five. Okay, got you. Gotcha. Like, I I didn't go out on weekends, and like if I would go out to have a good time, like go see people, this and that, you know, that would also throw my schedule off, and like then I'd be playing catch up and being stressed out, and you know, but a lot of people might interpret that as like you being selfish. What, what do you say to that? I mean, you got to be selfish. I mean, it, it, because like I said earlier, like if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to be there for those people later on. Yeah. My dad always used to tell me a, a quote all the time. Whenever I would say like, you know, Jim Bob's getting this or Jim Bob's getting that or whatever. And he'd say, you know, worry about yourself first. You can worry about others later. Yeah. You know, you take care of number one. And that's what I tell people. Like if no matter what it is, I don't give, I don't care if it's the gym. I don't care if it's starting a business. I don't care if it's kicking an addiction to methamphetamine, drugs, alcohol, that kind of stuff. Like you have to be in it for number one first. Yep. You can't do it for my kids or my grandparents or this, that, and the other. Like that stuff will will fall into place when you take care of number one. That, that kind of stuff will just eventually come yep. um, because you're going to, through the process of kicking whatever vices that you have out or overcoming maybe some like mental hurdle that you have because we all have those like you know not everybody wakes up every day and like peachy keen and just loves life you know yep um although i did have a guy that i'm hoping to have on the podcast named jason jason was talking about how he didn't see it as pits and valleys like he never saw it as pits and valleys of like he's always progressing and then eventually it plateaus and i'm not progressing but i've never gone down like he says eventually i'll plateau but then i keep going and then I plateau and then I keep going. He never really saw life as pits and valleys. And I was like, ah, oh. see, those, those are the kind of things that I want to get from like the conversations that we're going to have. Whereas like, you know, coming uh, the mental gymnastics and, you know, taking your abstract thoughts and then putting them into action in the real world is kind of like what I think the bread and butter of what we should be doing is like men and women and Americans and like people in society. Yeah. And, it's like and looking the, at those things is interesting. One of those deals, like I heard it today or yesterday, I can't remember who it was, but they were saying like as a weightlifter, strongman, powerlifter, you know, you never want to get weaker. Like you never want to lose strength. And the way you do that is you take care of your body um, so you don't get injured. You take care of your mind, your stressors, this and that, so that like you can be consistent and be there all the time. And, you know, you can take that into the business world and like, I notice, like, when I get on these kicks where I, I'm going out and partying and drinking a lot, like, I'm not doing what I need to do for the business. And so it's one of those deals, like, maybe I shouldn't be doing that as much because it's not helping me in the long term, you know. It's not helping me be consistent and disciplined to build this business into something that is going to take care of me, my kids, grandkids and future generations kind of thing so um yeah it's 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 uh i don't even remember where i was gonna go with that 
My bad. I kind of interrupted you there. No, no. I, what was I talking about before that? CTE, man. Remember? <laughs> you can't just always. You can't just always hang your hat on that. That's not how this works. Yeah. Can't just always hang your hat on that. But um, you know, it's it's. Uh... <laughs> so we just uh, do closing thoughts, kind of our closing thoughts, and talk about. Yeah, I mean, we're at uh, like an hour and twenty minutes already. You believe that? Yeah, we should probably just do closing <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> What he's getting at is, hey, I have to work in the morning. Is there any way we can just like uh, wrap this up and be done? People are going to get tired of hearing our voices already. <laughs> hey, man, we, are, we aren't like at like a, a four-hour Jocko podcast. We're good. Yeah. Like, we'll get there. We'll someday. Get there. Someday. So so uh, real quick, before we do, like who – so we're going to have your mom and your dad on next, mm-hmm. I would assume. Yeah. Right. Okay, sweet. Um, so Felicia, we'll have – We'll have the Nelson Riemann Schneider on sometime, you know, like we're going to have all sorts of people come on. And uh, like if you guys, we want to know what you guys want to hear from us too, you know, yeah. we're going to have people on and talk about their experiences, but we want to know what you guys want to hear about, you know, whether it's um, more about Nick and his background or me and my background or, um, you know, I, I, we'll talk about politics a little bit, but we're going to talk about our political views and we're going to talk about opposite political views with people who have them, you know, we're going to have all sorts of people on. So we just want to, we're going to keep this nice and broad, you know, um, we might even and we're, have, we're willing to have those conversations and like, look at the other side of the coin. Like, right. Like I'm not going to say, Oh, you're this, that, and the other, and I'm not going to listen to you. Like, that's what I love about it. Like having the conversations and people that even don't think the same as me, I've gone. Hmm, Makes oh, sense. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. And I did that with your, like when we were discussing with your mom and dad, when we were standing here that one day, but yeah, that's a, you know, closing thoughts wise for me is like, I just, uh, really look forward to just hearing from everybody. Um, you know, hearing what your thoughts are, uh, you know, obviously we're working through the, uh, the audio and all that other kind of stuff, like the background noises. And, you know, we've got some foam to put up in here to, to work through like some of the echoey stuff that you're hearing. Our mics are kind of, um, uh, duct taped <laughs> in a way to the table right now uh they they aren't exactly the table is not really great for these mics but you know we're doing our best to make it work and so like we're working through those those things but we you know the best thing is is like through whatever podcast provider that you're using like just rate and review and if it, it was good let us know that but if it sucked let us know that um you know you can reach us on uh the um, there is a contact page on there to get a, a hold of us. And like I said, my Instagram is at 519, which is the number 519 spelled out in words. Um, also, you can see the podcast on uh, updates on the podcast on Instagram as well at the higher points. And same thing with uh, Facebook. And then we have we're going to be working on a YouTube page. I know your brother set one up, but we haven't really done much with it yet. Yeah. So what's how do we how do we reach you? What are the ways we can um, just reach out to you? Um, on Facebook at Nate Hyatt or on Instagram at Nate Hyatt 68, Twitter at Nate Hyatt. I mean, so how do you, how do you spell Hyatt? That way everybody knows Hyatt H I A T T. Okay, cool. Well, I just want to thank everybody for your time and thank you for uh, listening to us. We'll be back with you with another podcast, uh, with, uh, Sarah and Bob Hyatt, uh, later on either this month or next month. We haven't kind of really discussed hashing that out yet. We will definitely let you know like what that schedule is. But I know that you also wanted to do, you have, tell them a little bit just quickly about what you have coming up on Thursday. So uh, next week I've got a uh, deal with the uh, Kansas Department of Agriculture. I'm on a grower's panel with some other uh, 
um, big names in the hemp industry in Kansas, and we are going to be um, there's going to be state legislators on this that are asking us growers and processors and this and that um, questions um, about our grow, about like what we think of the industry in Kansas, about what things need to change, this and that. And um, I think we're going to try and do uh, like a quick reaction podcast after that and talk about like my thoughts and feelings on how things went and this and that. So. Yeah. So, and we kind of discussed doing that recording maybe that next week. So probably a week after next ish somewhere yeah. around in there we would be able to release that um and kind of give you an idea of that because um uh, just something that's a little bit shorter than the hour and 20 minutes like something that you can gain from something that you can get some information from um with the ability to reach out and ask follow-up questions afterwards so yep. uh thank you for spending the time the hour and 24 minutes with us so far we really appreciate it uh, be sure to rate and review and like our facebook page like our instagram page and uh we'll catch up with you next time yep see you guys